Hey everyone, just woke up from a nap, crashed after work. It's still technically Halloween, so I figured why not do a special unscripted Halloween episode. I was going to try to get one more documentary episode out where I focused on the history of the jack-o'-lantern specifically. Remember the very first Weekend Out Halloween special, I basically gave a, a general overview of the holiday, and I did touch on the history of the jack-o'-lantern, but I thought it would be kind of cool and fun to just do like a really short documentary focusing on that. Turns out it, it was more ambitious than I uh, planned on, and it looks like it wasn't going to get done in time, so I figured, uh, hey, what the hell, let's work without a net and do this. So I found some uh, interesting articles related to Halloween online, and I haven't actually read any of them yet. So how do I know they're interesting? I don't know, I'm going by the title. Uh, <laughs> the, first, the first one is from Patheos, and it's entitled 13 Halloween Facts Lost to History. And I'm thinking, if they're lost to history, how do you know about them? Got a TARDIS up your ass? Hey, 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 we're trying to do a, uh, a tasteful family show here. <clears throat> and I always feel bad whenever I swear or use crude language because I remember one of the first compliments I ever got on the show how, um, had to do with the fact that I didn't swear like other atheist YouTubers. But <laughs> anyway, you know, once again, that is kind of weird. 13 Halloween Facts Lost to History. It's kind of a cool title, but it doesn't make sense when you uh, stop and overanalyze it as I tend to do with everything. Halloween is both an ancient and a modern holiday. Its origins can be traced back to the Celtic-Irish holiday of Samhain, spelled Samhain, actually pronounced Samhain. And to this day, I'm still trying to figure out if Glenn Danzig pronounces the band name Samhain or Samhain. He knows the right pronunciation because in his songs, he actually pronounces it correctly. But anyway, so here's the first fact lost to history. And it looks like it's one of those annoying slideshows where you actually have to uh, push the little arrow and wait for the, the next page to load. Samhain was referred to as quote-unquote summer's end and was celebrated from the evening of October 31st through November 1st. And I don't know why my mind keeps on going in the gutter tonight. I'm not even drinking. But my first thought was summer's end sounds like some kind of feminine hygiene product. Maybe one of like the store brand ones where they slightly change the name. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know how exactly the ancient Celtic calendar lines up with the modern calendar. But for the sake of brevity, yeah, Samhain was thought to take place on what would be for us October 31st. Basically, you know, the tradition became Christianized and uh, it was turned to All Hallows Eve, a hallow being like an archaic term for saint. And then that was contracted to Halloween. Let's see, what's the next fun fact? Uh, malevolent spirits and fairies were believed to haunt Samhain night and giant bonfires were built to keep them away. And yeah, well, uh, it was believed on Samhain that the wall between the world of the living and the world of the dead, or our world and the quote-unquote other world, kind of weakened or became permeable, and souls of the dead and preternatural beings from the other world could enter our world, and vice versa. And I believe there used to be stories about kind of Celtic heroes, etc., adventuring into the other world, or people getting lost in the other world during... Uh, Samhain or on Samhain night. Uh, 
And uh, it was also a, a time of slaughter where, where cattle was slaughtered in preparation for the coming winter, etc. And yeah, there were bonfires. And I think one theory is why we tend to associate the bat with Halloween is that these bonfires may have drew insects, which in turn drew bats. So people would see bats flying over these bonfires. Okay, let's see what's next. Halloween is an abbreviation of All Hallows Eve, a Catholic feast day devoted to remembering the saints. Above candles are lit, oh, showing a picture. Candles are lit during this recognition of the saints in Stockholm, Sweden. Well, I beat you to it, Patheos. Keep up. And, well, you know, technically they wrote the article before I did the show, but I knew that fact before they wrote the article. Infinite regress? Not quite infinite, probably. <laughs> What's the next one? Many Halloween traditions are actually Catholic in origin. For instance, the jack-o'-lantern is said by some to represent a soul st stuck in purgatory. And this is interesting because I was going to cover this in that mini-doc on the history of the jack-o'-lantern that I had in the works. And I did read that supposedly at one time jack-o'-lanterns were said to represent the souls of those stuck in purgatory. Obviously a Christian belief, uh, specifically Catholic in origin. But I'm not sure if the jack-o'-lantern is entirely of Christian origin. To me, it almost smacks of one of those things that would have been pagan in origin and then Christianized, but I can't say for certain. I do know etymologically that you can trace the roots of the jack-o'-lantern back to um, the natural phenomena or phenomenon of the strange lights that resulted, I think, from gases coming out of peat bogs or marshes. Um, they used to be called will-o'-wisps or will-o'-the-wisp, will-of-the-wisp. And a wisp was kind of like a, a bundle of paper or sticks, like something you would burn to make a torch. So basically, will-of-the-torch, kind of anthropomorphizing uh, this natural phenomenon. And uh, yeah, so Will-O-Wisp were kind of like these mischievous uh, spirits, these glowing lights. And another name for the phenomenon was Jack of the Lantern, Jack-O-The-Lantern. And uh, I, I forget the exact Latin phrase, but it translates to foolish fire. And that was another term for the phenomenon of these mysterious lights over peat bogs and marshes, etc. And I, I referred to them as having something to do with, you know, natural gas rising from these swampy areas. And I do think, generally uh, speaking, that is the accepted explanation. Um, let me break out Wikipedia for a second. Uh, let's see, look up Willow the Wisp. Okay, modern explanations. In modern science, it is generally accepted that most, yeah, it's the Latin is ignis fatuus, I'm probably butchering that, are caused by the oxidation of phosphine, diphosphane, and methane. These compounds produced by organic decay can cause photon emissions since phosphine 
and diphosphane mixtures spontaneously ignite on contact with the oxygen in air, only small quantities of it would be needed to ignite the much more abundant methane to create ephemeral fires. Furthermore, phosphine produces phosphorus pentoxide as a byproduct, which forms phosphoric acid upon contact with water vapor. This might explain the quote-unquote viscous moisture described by Blessin, whoever Blessin is. Yeah, how did I get on? Oh yeah, I was talking about the etymology of the, uh, the term or word jack-o'-lantern. And supposedly, originally, they were carved from turnips. And uh, I think it was after the Irish, you know, immigrated to, uh, to North America, uh, then larger pumpkins were used to uh, carve the traditional jack-o'-lantern. And you might be saying, well, what's this crap about Will-o'-the-Wisp or Jack of the Lantern? Uh, isn't there some Irish folk story about a dude named Stingy Jack? Which, uh, yes, there is. Uh, my guess is it probably came after um, the explanation I just discussed. Yeah, there's a story about a, a guy named Stingy Jack who tries to uh, fool the devil and ends up unable to either go to hell or to heaven and is basically stuck in limbo to roam the earth for eternity and the devil kind of when jack asks for a light the devil um kind of mockingly tosses him a turnip with a light inside or something like that let's see what's next i gotta wait for this damn page to load okay Going door to door for treats and gifts dates back to the Middle Ages and was done on most major Christian holidays, not just Halloween. Uh, that's absolutely true. The, I believe the medieval term is guising. It's something which was actually done at Christmas time, too, strangely enough. And Christmas in the Middle Ages could get uh, pretty uh, raucous. See, okay, on to the next one. In Scotland, Skecklers, I'm probably butchering that, went door to door on Christmas singing and asking for gifts. Um, yep, that's what I was just talking about. Uh, in New York City, children dressed up in costumes on Thanksgiving and asked for gifts from merchants up until the 1930s. And I think I actually may have touched on that in last year's Thanksgiving special. But uh, anyway, on to the next one. The first printed reference to Trick or Treat only dates to 1939, appearing in American Home Magazine. That sounds familiar. Um, I, I'm honestly not sure. I think although the practice of guising was centuries old, I think the specific term Trick or Treat might be a more recent invention. Don't uh, hold me to that, but uh, let's see. The tradition of costumes on Halloween evolved from medieval masquerades popular at Christmas and the masks worn on Guy Fawkes Day. And uh, there's probably some truth to that, but I think it was also theorized that during Samhain, the ancient Celtic uh, New Year festival that we started off talking about, that people may have worn masks to... Uh, kind of try to ward away or fool uh, evil spirits or the spirits of the dead or whatever. It may be one of those traditions that has multiple explanations or posited origins, perhaps 
neither one wrong, perhaps both right to some degree. And I think traditions kind of like words sometimes, you know, people try to tack down the exact origin or etymological root. And at the end of the day, sometimes even the experts aren't certain. The best you can do is go sifting or sleuthing through the past and try to get as close to the truth as possible. But anyway, okay, let's see, what's the next one? The poem Halloween 1785 by Scottish poet Robert Burns doesn't mention any costumes, but did help popularize the holiday outside of Scotland. I have no idea, so I'll say, okay. <laughs> Why not? Sounds good. See, next we have Halloween was once celebrated as a day of Scottish pride in the United States, similar to how the Irish celebrate St. Patrick's Day today. Um, Sure, once again, why not? Uh, both, and you might be thinking, well, isn't uh, Halloween of Irish origin? Well, both the Scots and um, the Irish are Celtic peoples. And although Samhain is generally thought of as an ancient Irish holiday, uh, technically it was a Gaelic festival that I think was also observed in at least some parts of Scotland, as well as, uh, I think, the Isle of Man. And when the early church eventually Christianized Samhain, I, I don't know where that took place first. I don't know if Samhain is Halloween, spread from Ireland to Scotland or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not just the Irish, other uh, Gaelic or Celtic peoples as well. Okay, but next we have Halloween witches were once depicted in a variety of colors on Halloween. Black became the witch's most popular color due to the success of the Wizard of Oz. And I honestly don't know about this one. I think I do remember maybe briefly talking about the origin of orange and black um, during Halloween. I have read that it may have been in association with uh, harvest colors. Uh, you know, orange is uh, the color of vegetables or foliage, black is the color of death, blah, blah, I don't know. Um, but I do know that probably since like the Victorian period, you can find old vintage Halloween images and decorations dating back to, I think, you know, the 19th century that use those colors. So those colors have been used at least for retail purposes for you know, over a century. Let's see. Today's modern witches again celebrate the holiday of Samhain, returning Halloween to its ancient pagan roots. Well, yeah, I guess technically, you know, we do have the modern religion of Wicca. And I, I say modern because it's kind of a, a reinvention or a reinventing of ancient religion. And uh, I think it's thought by experts not to be quote-unquote authentic. And that's not to say it's not a valid religion. I find it probably one of the more charming, you know, religions out there due to my own interest in ancient Celtic history and paganism, etc. Although admittedly, it can look kind of silly when you see, uh, like I've seen clips on the History Channel <laughs> of like uh, a circle of portly middle-aged people in cheap-looking satin robes uh, dancing around in circles or whatever. But don't tell them I said that. That's just between you and me. And in fairness to the practitioners or the quote-unquote creators, there's probably only so much that we actually know about 
uh, ancient nature religion or specifically the ancient Druidic or Celtic religion. So, I mean, I think some reimagining or invention was almost necessary. Let's see. So next we have the song and poem, Old Lang Syne, also by Robert Burns, now common at New Year's Eve, was once a popular Halloween greeting. And it's showing what looks like this kind of Victorian greeting card that seems to be uh, depicting an old school turnip style jack-o'-lantern yeah, with that greeting uh, for Old Lang Syne uh, this Halloween. Uh, interesting. And it ends with an editor's note. Did you count how many facts we included? Go back and check. A trick, uh, a trick slash treat from Patheos wishing you a happy Halloween. And there's actually a, another article related to Halloween from Patheos that I want to read. This one's dated October 26th. Uh, this one's by Hemant Mehta. It's entitled, Linda Harvey, my childhood Ouija or Ouija board saved me from homosexual Halloween. Oh boy. Linda Harvey, the mission uh, American founder and professional bigot, wants everyone to know that Halloween is the favorite holiday of quote-unquote promiscuity promoters and LGBT advocates. Yes, America's recent exaltation of Halloween as a festival second only to Christmas owes a lot to promotion by homosexuals and their new favorite comrades, gender-confused males and females. And as usual, the LGBTQ folks have no problem using any tool, Halloween included, to corrupt children. While she insists she can appreciate a good party, Harvey has long known that Halloween is evil. She knew back when she was 14, and a Ouija board told her all about it. When my friend and I asked the board questions, some unseen force pushes the pointer around. At times, our fingers were hanging on for dear life as it flew around the board, often spelling out messages. I had little biblical background to understand what this presence surely was. Now I can only thank God for mercifully protecting me from being drawn more deeply into the spooky and alluring world. <laughs> alluring? where the unseen has real tangible power. Does she not know that the quote-unquote unseen force guiding her was her? I guess not. After all, she assumes she's talking to God when she's really talking to herself. Now let's move on to the more important question. Who exactly is inviting her to all these parties? All right, I'll, I'll probably call it quits there. Uh, oh boy, I have to wake up for work at, at like 6.30 in the morning tomorrow. Uh, what a boring Halloween Luckily, I did my Halloween partying over the weekend. So uh, thanks for listening, brothers and sisters. You know the drill, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Uh, you can subscribe to the show or rate it via iTunes. You can also subscribe to the show via Podbean. If you want to help the show out monetarily, you can use the PayPal widget at the bottom of the Podbean page. There's that alliteration. Or you can go to patreon.com slash theweekendout and help the show out for as little as 99 cents a month. All right. Uh, happy Halloween and until next time.